Father, as we open your word together, would you please speak to our hearts and our minds. Lord, transform us. Help us to learn more about who Jesus is. And in this case, Lord, how we pray, how we come to you as our Father, that we would be encouraged in our faith and encouraged in our prayer life. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Invite you to be seated. I have spent many years not being good at taking care of a lawn. My lawn was the one that started to turn green as spring came and then had more weeds than grass. And I tried to do various things, but in my head, this is what I thought of myself. I was a lawn moron. I really did not know what to do with a lawn. And like some people, I didn't want to ask for help. However, there was a particular uh, spring where the lawns around us were looking good. And out of pride, I didn't want mine to be the only one not looking good. And so I went to Home Depot thinking I'd figure this out, and there was a gentleman standing right by all of the fertilizer and everything you need to take care of your yard, and I walked up to him and I said, I am a lawn moron. Can you help me? And he laughed a little and he said, I absolutely can. I help people like you all day. And so he began to show me things, and it was rather simple when he laid it out. Put this bag right here on your yard right now. And in two weeks, I want you to put this bag on. And six weeks later, I want you to do this one. Huh, I can do that. He gave me the basic nuts and bolts of taking care of yard. And I went and took care of my yard. And you know what? That particular year, my yard looked better than any time I can remember, other than there was this one giant weed that I was locked in an epic battle with of good and evil. It won. But the rest of my yard looked beautiful. The nuts and bolts of taking care of a yard. Sometimes I feel or have felt like a prayer moron. I just, I knew that there were things I was supposed to do, My prayers were very short. I didn't always know what to say. We have some beautiful prayers to say, but I can't just do that all of the time. And I would love for somebody to simply lay out for me, what are some basic nuts and bolts on what to pray? So here's what we've talked about for the last three weeks. At the very heart of prayer is relationship. Jesus taught his disciples first and foremost that you start with Father. From there, we talked about humility. The approach to God when we come in prayer is humility. And we moved on last week to a key to prayer, faith. Even a little bit of faith rightly directed is enough. Well, today, it's the nuts and bolts. What do we say when we come to God? 
We're going to do a lot of Bible reading today, so I'm going to give you page numbers. If you will, turn to Numbers chapter 14 in the Pew Bible. It is page 209. I have two points today that are helping us with nuts and bolts. Page 209, Numbers chapter 14. Numbers is a great book once you get past the first 11 chapters. It's really great after that point. Here's my first point. If you want to know what to say when you kneel down before the Lord and you come to him as father in humility by faith, tell God about God. Let me say that again. Tell God about God. Numbers chapter 14 If you will look at verse 13, Moses said to Yahweh, then the Egyptians will hear about it. By your power, you brought these people up from among them, and they will tell the inhabitants of this land about it. They have already heard that you, Yahweh, are with these people, and that you, Yahweh, have been seen face to face, that your cloud stays over them that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. If you put all these people to death, leaving none alive, the nations who have heard this report about you will say, the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land he promised them on oath, so he slaughtered them in the wilderness. Notice, there isn't a single petition yet. All Moses has been doing is telling God about God. And God could be sitting there thinking to himself, yes, I'm aware of those things. I did say those things. I did do those things. Yes, you are correct. You got that right. But I don't think he is. Because this is a pattern that you see numerous times in Scripture where people begin their prayers by telling God things that God has said about himself about his will, about his plan. Keep going with me a little bit. Verse 17. Now may the Lord's strength be displayed. There's a petition. It's the first one so far. Just as you have declared. Notice the petition is in light of the very thing God has said. He's not just making a random petition. He's actually asking God for something God has said about himself. The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sin, and he goes on. This is what God has said to Moses. Moses is re-quoting it back to God. I want you to save this people because you've said this is who you are. Tell God about God. Turn over to Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah is on page 683. 683 in the Pew Bible. Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 4. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, Yahweh, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant with those, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him 
and keep his commandments. Again, look how he starts. This is who you are. You are the God who keeps his command, who keeps his covenants. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. And he goes on to describe things that they have done. Verse 8, remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses saying, if you are faithful. All right, that is either really asinine or it is what we're supposed to be doing in prayer. Remember the instruction you gave your servant. Have you ever told God to remember something? Why? Tell God about God. Tell God about the things he has said, about the promises he has made. Why? Why do this? Why do we have this pattern? And you see it all over the scriptures. I gave you two examples, but it's all over the scriptures. Why do this? Here's a couple of reasons. Number one, it shows we know God. You cannot tell God about God if you don't know him. You might be able to make up generic things, but that's not what they're doing. In order to know God, what do we need to be doing? We need to be in his word. And then we're telling God the things we learn about who God is. So one, it shows we know God. It shows we know his desires, the thing he cares about. Number two, it then guides our prayer. Notice in both cases, they are praying things based on what God has said about himself. Last week, I said, a little faith rightly directed is enough. That right direction is to pray according to God's will. How do you know that? By learning who God is. And number three, it allows us to pray things that will honor the Lord. I mean, Moses, if you keep reading that prayer in Numbers, he's saying, God, I want you to do this because I don't want your honor to be tarnished. I don't want people to think less of you. We need to know the Lord. And it's important. So, have you ever gotten a gift from somebody and the gift was like nothing that you would even remotely want? Like somebody was being, trying to be kind to you, but it was really clear that what? They didn't know you. Like they gave this gift, and maybe it was a fine gift, and to a point we can say it's thought that counts, but that only goes so far. The most important thing about a gift or a relationship is what? That somebody comes to know us. There was one particular gift that I got from my wife, and I don't remember if it was my birthday or Christmas. Um, They kind of blend together. But it was a gift that I got that I had to figure out when she gave it to me because what I knew, it it was relatively expensive. It was a big gift. Like, this was the prime gift for me. And I remember when I got it, I'm like, how do I act like I like this and make her feel good? It's really hard. She got me a stand-up desk. It is so not sexy. It is not electronic. It's not Mavs tickets. It's like a stand-up desk. Are you kidding me? And then I started to use it. My goodness, does my wife know me? (laughs) 
I had so many back issues. And as a pastor, you do a lot of sitting because you do a lot of writing. Like you're writing sermons, you're writing emails to people. I was always sitting, and, and here's what I would do. I would sit for a while, and then I'm like, oh, God, my back. And I'd have to get up and go find something that I could stand for a while and keep typing. Oh, my gosh, I had this stand-up desk. All I do was stand up and make it go up, and then I could keep typing. It was an incredible gift that I didn't recognize how incredible at first until I realized how well she knew me. Do you know your father? Because he wants to be known by you. And at the very heart of our prayers is knowing him so that we can tell God about God. Here's the second thing. Start with that. And then number two, share genuinely with God. Share genuinely with God. Um, let me start by saying this. We really do have some incredible prayers. I showed you one of them when we prayed the, the children's prayer and said, you guys should look at this. It's a really good prayer. However, those prayers only go so far. We, as his children, as his sons and daughters, need to share genuinely with him. What does that look like? Turn, if you would, to Psalm 38. It's page 801 in your Bible. Psalm 38, page 801. I'll show you an example of praying genuinely. Psalm 38. I want you to hear this as a man sharing his heart with his father. He's not writing theology. He's not writing a psalm for us to put in a book that we would then use thousands of years later. He's sharing his heart. And just listen to it. Lord, excuse me, let's, this is God's covenant name. Yahweh, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Your arrows have pierced me and your hand has come down on me. Because of your wrath, there's no health in my body. There's no soundness in my bones because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long, I go about mourning. My back is filled with searing pain. There is no health in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. All my longings lie open before you, Lord. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart pounds. My faith strength fails me. Even the light has gone from my eyes. My friends and companions avoid me. And it goes on. Have you ever talked to God like that? Because that is the way our Father wants us to to talk with him, honestly, genuinely. I mean, he is in a lot of pain and anguish, both physically and mentally and emotionally. And he's just sharing it. He's opening his life up to his father and saying, I'm a mess right now, God. Have you ever done that with the Lord? Been that open and honest with him? Have you ever accused God? 
I mean, here he's talking about because of your wrath. Like, you're coming after me, God. And I know it's my sin, but. So there was a moment in here in verse 7 where he said, my back is filled with searing pain, and I paused because in my mind I went, you need a standing desk. (laughs) I didn't say it at that point because it seemed really inappropriate, but honest sharing with the Lord Turn to John chapter 17. It's page 1540. John chapter 17. This is Jesus' high priestly prayer. Page 1540. John chapter 17 and verse 6. Here's Jesus talking to his Father. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you've given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. Notice again that whole thing right there. He's telling God things, things God already knows, but he's sharing with him. When you go through this prayer, Jesus, there's an excitement in some ways about his own followers, and so he's sharing that with God. Like, here's what I've done. Here's the things I've accomplished. It's almost like your child coming to you and saying, hey, look what I've done. This morning, little Grant came up to me, and he had his Bible with him. And he walked up and he said, Father Jason, I brought my Bible to church. And then he turned and went with his mom. That was it. And and even even Cora was like, I I don't know what he was doing, but he was just sharing. Nothing more. He was just sharing with his pastor. I brought my Bible to church. Jesus is sharing with his father. Keep going in this prayer. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me. For they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world and I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name. How much does he care for his own? Again, Jesus has emotion. And here he is going, I'm coming to you, Father. I'm going to be out of the world, but they're going to be in it still. Holy Father, protect them. The name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scripture would be fulfilled. And he will go on to talk about joy and him wanting them to have joy. Can you share openly with your father? Because that is one of the most vital elements of prayer. Why? Again, just a couple of reasons. Number one, it's part of relationship. How hard is it to be in a relationship with somebody when you can't share openly with them? You've got to share openly with your father. Prayer is about relationship. Number two, do you know how helpful it is to voice the things we're going through? Have you ever felt a little bit better just sitting down and sharing with somebody some of your pain? 
or how helpful it is to us at times to name what we're going through. I mean, you go back to Psalm 38. David was so aware of his own feelings. As he talks about the pain he feels in various areas, he talks about his side burning. He talks about being weighted down by his sin. Sharing those things is helpful. And finally, and I think this is important, have you ever prayed off of a list before? Have you ever had a prayer list? Like here's a, here's a list of things you pray for. Those are important. They're important because you remember to pray for those things. But your prayer should be more than a list. As much as that is important and they're good to have, when you begin to share genuinely with your Father, when you begin to share and tell God about God, it's more than a list. And that's what prayer is supposed to be, more than a list. C.S. Lewis wrote this. Um, And I'm going to read it slowly because it's C.S. Lewis and it's somewhat complicated, but it makes a really good point. We are always completely and therefore equally known to God. That is our destiny, whether we like it or not. But though this knowledge that God has of us never varies, the quality of our being known can. To be known by God is to be in the category of things, We are, like earthworms, cabbages, and nebulae, objects of divine knowledge. But when we become aware of the fact, the present fact, and assent with our will to be known, then we treat ourselves in relation to God not as things but as persons. We have unveiled, he calls it. When we let God know who we are, even though he already knows, We move from simply being an object of divine knowledge to being in relationship, to being known as persons. And if my idea of prayer as unveiling is accepted, it is no use to ask God for A, when our whole mind is in reality filled with the desire for B, we must lay before him what is in us, not what ought to be in us. Again, honesty. It's not about what it should be. It's about what's really here. All of us, in some ways, know what ought to be. But can we share with God what really is in our hearts? That's unveiling. On December 20th, 1961, Lewis wrote his friend after his friend's wife had died. And he wrote this in his book on prayer. I prayed when I buried my wife my whole sexual nature should be buried with her. Could you imagine making that prayer to God? It's a very open, honest prayer. Lewis said, when my wife died, I prayed that my entire sexual nature would be buried with her. And it seems it has happened. Thus, one recurrent trial has vanished from my life, an enormous liberty. And then he goes on, of course, this may just be old age. Two things. Tell God about God. It means we know Him. It directs our prayers. And be genuinely open and honest with Him. Say prayers like this. Debbie, who was seven, said this prayer. Dear God, please send a new baby. The one you sent last week cries too much. 
Angela 8 said this, Dear God, could you please give my brother some brains? So far, he doesn't have any. Hank, this is a great prayer, and this kid has no idea how insightful this is. Hank 7, Dear God, thank you for the nice day today. You even fooled the TV weatherman. David 7, Dear God, I need a raise in allowance. Could you have your angels tell my father? Honest, open prayers. Those are the kinds of things that God is looking for. So, I'm going to leave you with a story, but I want you to think on those two things as you walk out. Actually, I'm not going to leave you with a story. It's already 9.45. I'm going to leave you with those prayers from the kids. Think on those two things. Tell God about God. And pray genuinely. Open your heart to him. And tell him what's going on in your life. Let's pray. Father, sometimes prayer is awkward. Sometimes we feel like we're just talking to the empty room. Sometimes we just don't really know what to say. We might finish our list and, and just kind of wonder if there's anything else. Lord, would you help us? Help us to be like those who came before us, who genuinely share what's on their mind and their heart. The pain, the joy, the hopes, the dreams. Lord, help us to know you better so that we can pray in light of that. Lord, bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen.